Hey everybody, Chris Lindsay here, and you're listening to Pitch List. We want to discover what makes creative people tick. Join us as we explore what it means to be a writer, and more importantly, what it means to be a person. Remember why you love music, and welcome to Pitch List. Hey everybody, I'm Chris Lindsay, and you're listening to Pitch List. We are so excited to announce that this episode of Pitch List is sponsored by Sweetwater, my go-to way to order new instruments and gear. Stay tuned for more info on them, and later in the episode, we'll be giving out an exclusive discount code to help you save on your first purchase with Sweetwater. Our guest today is Music Row legend Liz Rose. Liz has an interesting story. She grew up, along with yours truly, in Dallas, Texas. She later moved to Nashville and began working as a song plugger. And after successfully getting some of her songs cut, she began writing full-time. Somewhere along the way, she met Taylor Swift and ended up co-writing seven of Taylor's early hits. Liz has had an incredible career so far, including songs like Girl Crush for Little Big Town, one of my personal favorites. I really, really enjoyed hanging out with Liz, and I learned a few things too. Now let's jump right into the episode. Without any further ado, here's Liz Rose. So good morning, everybody. This is Pitch List. I'm sitting here with the fabulous Liz Rose up here on Music Row. It's a cloudy morning, and uh, we're going to sit down and talk a little bit about songwriting. She's been so kind to be with us today. Um, one of my first questions for you after looking, and you know, I knew most of this stuff because I remember uh, Amy and I were uh, new Taylor back in the day and uh, very aware of your work with Taylor. L- let's go back to your story. So were you a plugger before you started writing or I'm assuming you were writing the whole time? No. But you did work as a plugger. I was not writing the whole time. Okay. I had written a couple of songs just for fun with friends, but maybe two or three. Um, But really, when I I got into the business, it was as a plugger. So um, I was a song plugger and I started a little publishing company and, you know, not knowing what I was doing, but just put one foot in front of the other and okay well let's just fall in this hole for a minute and I just did it and then I started writing with one of my writers is when it really took when I really figured it out was which Kim McLean okay yeah and um we started writing and then I went back to being a plugger for uh Encore Keith Follisay and them because okay for Keith okay yeah because that company closed and Jody Williams heard some of the songs with Kim and he was signing Kim, and so he talked me into being a songwriter. Wow. Um, literally, literally talked me into being a songwriter. Did that, uh, at that point, is that, uh, did you still think maybe you didn't know about that, or is that was that in your heart to do? You know, at the time, I was divorced, and I had three kids, and... When somebody said, I'll pay you some extra money to write songs, I said, okay, yeah, you're going to pay me good. to do that? All right. <laughs> Literally. I mean, that I was, I, was, uh, uh, I was working for Encore, and uh, I was writing a little bit, and 
I don't know what happened, but I think, you know, Keith found, realized that I was writing a little bit more than, I, you know, not I wasn't writing on his time. Understood. We would write once or twice a month, but. You weren't writing one song a year. No. You were it, actually out there. Well, I was not writing. Maybe we wrote on Tuesday nights, I think, or something. Okay. And uh, I think I got a Trisha cut. And okay. um, I didn't pitch my own songs. I was writing under the name Gracie Sheridan. Really? Yeah, because I was scared to tell A&R people that I was also writing. Yeah, it's interesting in the town. Everybody kind of has a lane they're supposed to stay in. It, but it's I think really we weird. make that up. I don't I, think I it's I think you're true. right. I think you're right. Because Caroline Mobley and Allison Jones and um, Renee Bell, they were all like, what are you doing? You're writing songs, write songs. And, mm-hmm. and Keith, when Keith fired me, he said, look, I know better than anybody what it's like to want to be a songwriter. So if you want to be a songwriter, go be a songwriter. But then he hired me independently. So he, you know, there's a lot of people that help me along the way that are really awesome. You know, it's like, but Keith hired me so I could still support my family and, Jody was paying me to be a writer, and so I was gathering up. And all I thought about, I never thought about actually making money, like cuts and singles. I didn't have time to think about that. I just thought, okay, well, I'm getting this money here and this money here, so I can pay I can pay the electric right, bill. Right. That's really all I thought about. I never thought, God, just one George Strait number one, and I got it made. I can pay. I, I didn't have time to think about that. You know, I was just always, I need a job so I can pay the bills because I'm single, you know, and I have three kids. Well, do you wonder if um, that mind, that sort of life forced you into that mindset? But I could see that as being really beneficial in the way that it's very easy to overthink things. Oh, and, yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? Anything. And, and when you just kind of get down in it and write and not worry about that other stuff, I think you get better songs anyway. Yeah, I don't you overthink know, anything. You'll, I just don't. And I don't have time. Um, I think that's sort of a blessing for you. You can see that person who overthinks things and it's pretty torturous. And I don't know that it's ever really helped a career either. You kind of have to just show up and write. You know, well, that, unless you're Tom Douglas and Alan Shamblin. Okay. <laughs> All right. They're, you're right. Tom, they're the best, man. I, I, yeah. I, I try and, and make sure that when I'm in a room with Tom, um, that I make the most of it. I better learn something mm-hmm. when I'm in a room with him. And I do every, every single time, probably more than getting a great song. I learn something about being in a room with Tom Douglas. Well, he, in my opinion, also is m- a little bit more of an editor. Like he's really great at rewriting. Yeah. I mean, me, not me. you know, <laughs> no, he likes, well, no, I'm with you. I, I like I to write it. I wish I was too. Every time, uh, if I'm involved in a song, especially with my wife, Amy, she'll want to revisit a song. And I'm just like, we'll have somebody in the studio. We wrote the song with them like three years ago. She takes out the work tape. We should finish. And I'm just like, oh my God, please. No, no. I want to do something. Yeah. New. Yeah. I tried I, to do that this weekend. Yeah. We were a line away and we stopped. We had to stop. Um, and they came back the next day and we were trying to find this one line. And I just sat back and I said, y'all, I'm so bad at this. I, I just, I would rather write another song and scrap this than yeah. find this line, yeah. which is crazy. I mean, we found it, but. No, no, I feel the same way. Usually if we stopped, it was because we got stuck anyway, you know, and it's like, I don't know. They should talk. flow out. I they mean, should. I, I, I always, um, 
I always think it's funny when new writers come back and go, should we really look at this again? And you're like, really? Okay, well, go do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, <laughs> I just, yeah, am, I think, I'm just bad at it. And I think half the time they just torture themselves and not believe that it was good enough. And for me, I think you just go, you know what? Just move on. Write yeah, another song. Write another if, song. If there's something flawed in that one, unless it's like an unbelievable well, idea you've never heard to. before. That's what I was yeah. going to next. <clears throat> if you really got into some magic on something and you just didn't complete it, everyone involved is going to be wanting to, I mean, they'll cancel their co-writes to come in the next day Absolutely. or come in early in the morning. If there's something really there, it's going to get finished. Yeah. So how much do you think um, you working as a working plugger sort of helped you as a writer or hurt you as a writer? I'm, Zero. I'm, tell me. Zero. I don't, that, people have always asked me that. So, you must have the inside scoop. You must right. know how to write because, you know. The politics, the pitching mentality. You know, I wish that I used it more. I I, I just write. I, I should be politicking all over town and pitching songs. I wish I was better at it. You know, I have I have great coworkers that do that, yeah. you know. And um, I also felt like a lot of times people just took songs because, they didn't want to hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a plugger or as a writer? Oh, no, never as a plugger, as a writer. As a writer. Yeah, so, um, I, I mean, I need to get better at that this year. I'm the same way. I, I just... All right, that's what we're going to do. We're going to get better yeah. at... Maybe we should start a, a pluggers group, songwriter, mm-hmm. plugger, plugger Songwriter, group. self-help. Yeah. Pl- like, we'll go pitch songs. our songs. I'll pitch yours and you pitch yeah. mine. I'm not good at pinpointing an artist when I'm writing. Unless they're in the room, yeah. Well, I think that's because that's almost impossible. As yeah. soon as I've, for me, if somebody back in the day, if they came in and said Martina's cutting in three days, she needs a ballad. It'd just be like, boom. Yeah. Know. Oh, why did you say that? You know, I know me too. Why I'm did you the say same that? Way. We could have gotten the whole yeah, you day. It. We could have oh gotten that God. if you never, if you never told me that, we probably would have written it. We're the same person. That's so funny because it's like. I can remember telling a, pu- a publisher, don't ever walk in a room. Please don't ever walk in a room and give us an assignment. Give yeah. me an assignment. You yeah. ruined my whole. As soon as somebody says an artist's name in the room, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, I'm done. Yep. Because I think personally, I think the muse, our muse, yeah. whatever, doesn't like that. No. Whatever that spirit is, as soon as that happens, it just runs out the door and goes, ah. Yeah. Exactly. Same thing as like money. When you start talking about money, <laughs> it runs out the room. Oh, it does. You know? I told some uh, young uh, songwriter artists the other day that uh, when you talk about jealousy, I said, this is the last thing I'm going to tell y'all. In this town, if you think this is a competition, go home. Yep. Because I say it all the time. This is a community. It's a family. Of course, we all have the green-eyed monster. Why are they doing that? And you have to fight it constantly. You do. But you really do. Anybody that says they don't, they're they're completely they're lying. Yeah. yeah. Except maybe Lori McKenna. She does not have you know that what? bone in her. I, I, I would agree. <laughs> she really she doesn't. She really seems like she doesn't. Uh, she is she the is most grounded sweetheart. human I've ever Barry known. Barry Dean. Barry Dean, same way. Another guy. I'm so happy about their George Strait single. Yes. Oh. That is amazing. Uh, you know, I was thinking too uh, 
on the jealousy or the performance issue. Basically, the jealousy you're comparing yourself to another writer. Which you can't. You're playing your own game. You know, you have to score. You have to win. You are not connected to this other person. Well, I think that we get to do this for a living. And this is our so-called job. I think we're winning. We're we're always winning. You get up and go, oh, I have to write a song today. Yeah. You know, I have to sit in a room with people that... With amazing people. A worship and love mm-hmm. to be around yep. and I have to make things up. Oh, you know, so oh, I yeah. think we're winning every day, no matter I what. I agree. And another part I would add, um, you know, as you stay here a while and we've both been here a while, you know, you have ups and downs and, and, you know, and, and they're all kind of different, but there's kind of a pattern. But after a while I've gotten to the place and I'm asking if you have too. I'm, and I say it all the time, but I absolutely mean it. I'm just happy to be here. I'm just I'm just happy to still be a part of it and get some cuts Me too. and get some holds and you know every now and then get a single. I'm just happy to still okay. be a part yeah. of it. And my I think also for me my joy has been watching my the writers that we've signed have success. I mean that yeah, that, that that's chokes gotta me be up. Great. You know watching Emily Shackleton yeah. have She's her fantastic. first number one and and uh, you know Corey Crowder was here yeah, and great watching him. Um, while he was with us and even that, that, you know, as he's moved on, still watching, you know, his career soar is, I mean, that's the best. I mean, I, you know, Phil Barton is just Phil's amazing. killing it. And, uh, we've got, you know, watching our, you know, artists do so well. Alyssa Michaela's watching her turn into what the, the killer writer artist she is. And, and we've got a guy, um, Cameron Bedell, that's been with us a couple of years. And mm-hmm. I just, man, you know, the day that he gets his first single, balloons are going to go up. You know, our Jeff Middleton had drowns of whiskey this year. So so that's got to be, um, that's got to be an incredible feeling for you, right? When you nurture these people that you find that speak to you as an artist and, uh, and then you kind of, and I'm sure that you've helped them along the way with lots of stuff. Yeah. Not, not always, probably the most important of which is not music, just as people oh, yeah. and how to deal with things and given your experience of the business and then to watch them, you know, succeed. I, I can imagine it's, it's like one of your kids watching your oh, kids. Oh, it is. It is. I, I mean. You, I, uh, I would cry. I, I do. I tried to talk at uh, Jeff Middleton's number one party a couple of weeks ago and, yeah. you know, getting up on stage at BMI with Emily and, you know, I didn't, I didn't get a BMI award this year, but, but Emily did. Yeah. And that was even better. That's so great. And it, it's great to do great things and to bring positive things into the world. It's satisfying, isn't it? Yeah. I oh, can yeah. feel it coming off of you. I it's mean, I always tell feeling. writers that, you know, want to be publishers. I say, don't do it until you can walk away from a cut on a record so they can have it or don't do it unless you would rather stand up there and watch them get it right than yourself i mean of course i mean don't get me wrong no i got you (laughs) i don't like those years i don't get a bmi award but um but at least emily did you know my writers do and and uh you know and i guess somebody was saying to me nicole galleon said it really well to me she said you know I was talking to her about how proud I was of her. She's having such a great year. Yeah. And and uh, all due to very hard work and a lot of dadgum talent. But she said, you know, I'm just having fun. It's a season, and I know it's a season. 
And that's great. I've had my I've had a couple of seasons. Yeah. And the best thing about having a couple of seasons is you know that you could have another one. Right. You know, it's like, no, it's 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 so true. And that's what I was saying before, sort of the ups and downs. That's where you get and and actually getting back up after you had a really good season is sometimes harder, I think. I think they're I I think they're only hard if you make them hard. Okay. I think if you just get up and do I mean you don't Yeah. We could wake up tomorrow. Damn, you're going to coach me today. Well, I, I mean this. honestly think about it. Tell me. I have had times when I had nothing going on, you know, like yeah. and panics about to set in and then within a week uh, this happened this happened um a couple of months ago and and within a week you've got three or four cuts and you've got two singles coming out. Right. And, um, so you just never know. Yeah, I always I mean, say that too. we're a decision it, away from changing yeah, our, it's, our whole. Yeah. It's th- one song. Yeah. One and one, song. and one person's decision and probably. One, yes. To cut it. And then one song and everything changes. It's crazy. It is crazy. It's crazy. Do you watch the, what happens to it? Or do you just like, now I'm interviewing you. No, but I'm, do you do the? Uh, you got the cut, okay? But I need a single, you know. Or you got the single. Oh well, it better go up the charts. Or do you just let it go? Or do you watch I, I, it? I and, wish I could let it go. I watch it uh, now, but but I watch it, but I let it go. Okay, I would say that I do. Um, we have no power. No, no, no. I know that. And <laughs> the last single I had was Blake Shelton song, and once. It was such an ordeal it getting cut. He had it for like three years and didn't cut it on a record. It's a whole story. But when it finally came as a single, after that, I did let go. I didn't do... Early in my uh, career, I would... I mean, I'd call the promotion department. Oh, my gosh. Scott Bruschetta was the promotion guy. Yeah. Upstairs. And, he'd, and Scott was like, stop looking at the numbers. Write songs. I did that a little bit with the song um, a couple of months ago and... Not the promotion department, but I was talking to a radio uh, PD and I said, are you playing this song? Mm-hmm. And he said, I don't know. I have to, I, I mean, I like the song, but do you know how many songs I get? And I said, well, this is an important song. I think you need to listen to it. I think you need to pay attention to it. And, um, you know, I was just, we were out, I guess I was just a little bold and he called, you know, he texted me a couple of days later and said, you're right. We weren't playing it enough. We put it wow. in medium. I was like, yeah, well, that, it did. I mean, the song did, it died in about mid-20s, but huh? it wasn't supposed to be. It, it was one of those miracle cuts. Yeah, it, it went was, way further than you had, thought. Yeah, it had, was six or seven, six years. It was a, it was a, you know, it was a great song and it, and it did what it was supposed to do. And yeah. I do try to let go when I can because it's hard. It's it, hard. It hard. You just have to have a quiet, gotta, broken heart yeah. about it. You know, <laughs> that's good. Um, another question, and you may get this often, so we don't have to focus on it. But reading your material, um, you are more of a lyricist, less of a player. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Do you think that gives you an advantage of being able to, like we talked before the podcast, of plugging into lots of situations? Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I um, that's always been the I think the great advantage if I have one is yeah, I think it is it's a disadvantage because I it's some, in in some things I mean it's an advantage because I'm not an artist and I'm not pushing it one way or the other and and you know a lot of writers have their style yes and so it, you know it's going to go that 
direction. But they're, but they're also beholden to their style. Yes, and I'm not. I, and they can be a victim of their own success. You don't have to deal with, with any of that. Mm-mm. But it's a disadvantage where I don't play, but I'm not really a singer. You know, like like Hillary Lindsay can go into any room mm-hmm. with that voice. Yep. And um, and she's such a great writer. Yep. Um, she can do it all. And so she, she reinvents herself too. Yes, she does. That's she's, another thing. She's brilliant. And so um, I I wish I had, you know, some of that voice and I'm and, the same way. And some of that melodic. Just she just she does not. There is no pigeonhole with Hillary. No. There's no one. So she really does what I do, but she can also do a whole lot more. We all have our thing, and y'all work really well together. Yeah, we do. Girl Crush was just one of my favorites in a long time. That is such a great song. It's edgy and it's commercial. (laughs) And that's my favorite thing. And I always make the argument with people because, you know, there's a typical argument on Music Row, probably in the music business in general, that you can either do something pop-ish that doesn't really matter but it's a big hit, or you can do something great and only 20 people like it. And I've always maintained that that's not true. There is a collision point of art and music, and that's the big thing. And that I think that's what y'all did with that. Well, song. and I think it's so funny because so many things came out after that have come behind it. So many great, great songs have come in behind it that are have that kind of you know swagger to them. Mm-hmm. And um, we didn't, you know, that was just us just not even thinking about what we were right. doing. We were just writing a something we loved in about an hour and a half and we had a good time. That's, that was all that was. Yeah. For me, a lot of the great songs that I've been fortunate to be a part of, that's how it happened. Yep. Yeah. It, it was, it, it flew out. It was completely otherworldly. It didn't, there was a, not a lot of writing going on. It just kind of happens. Oh, I barely wrote anything down. And that's, a, that's an amazing thing when that happens. And I love the way you have a, an idea and today you look at it and it's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. And next week you're in the room with the right people. That's it. Um, I have a song with the, uh, Gone West, mm-hmm. Kobe, Calais. Yep. And and, and, uh, and I, I had this idea that was so, I thought it was so s- silly. Mm-hmm. And I... I kept it and I wouldn't say anything. It's that home is where the heartbreak is. And yeah. I, I wouldn't say it, but I got in a room with them and I was like, man, this is the day. Yeah. This is the day. Because they're going to take that idea. And they did. I let them simmer with it and they right. took it. And so it's always interesting to me when I go in a room and I don't have anything. And you come out with a song. It's kind of a miracle. It is. Well, and the interaction between the writers. And it, I think that's a great point. We've never talked about it on the podcast. Um, it is interesting. I've had that experience, too, of pitch, pitch this title to one group of people, and they're, and they're just rolling their eyes pretty much. You know, not not really. No. But they're but, your yeah. friends. But you can yeah, tell yeah. it's like that went over like yeah, a lead balloon. Not, yeah. But then Colby hears that title. Mm-hmm. She's coming to this town from the outside in. And that title, I get it. It appeals to her in a classic retro country sense. I know. It's sort of, sort of it's not a double entendre, but it's kind of an old school title. Yeah. It just depends on who you're with and what they like. Yeah. Don't go away. Pitch list will be right back after the break. 
Our friends at Sweetwater have partnered with PitchList for this episode to give you an exclusive discount on their products, only for podcast listeners. Sweetwater is more than just a place to buy the latest instruments and music gear. They have the best customer service in the industry, always help you pick the right gear for your needs, and even offer expertise after the sale to make sure it works perfectly. On a personal note, I have used Sweetwater for years. My sales guy is the most knowledgeable rep I have ever dealt with. He always gives great advice on which product I actually need. And now, through May 30th, PitchList listeners can get 10% off their phone order. Just call Sweetwater at 800-222-4700 and use the offer code PITCHLIST10, exclusive for PitchList listeners. Available for call-in orders only, not for orders on their website. And now, back to the show. It's so funny. We, you and I have seen a lot of trends. We have. <laughs> we have seen a lot of trends. And I see a lot of stuff now that uh, younger writers like that's uh, been around a long time. I love that everybody's talking about 90s country now. They do talk about 90s country, <laughs> like, don't they? Oh, my God. Yeah. We're coming. It's coming back. I know. I hear it all the time. <laughs> You'll ask them this, like, 22-year-old writer, uh, singer who's just really great. It's, I had it multiple times. What, well, what do you dig? Well, of course, 90s country. And you're like, wow, okay. <laughs> well, and there was some great stuff in the 90s. Absolutely. And there were great I, songs. One, that's what I was about to head. And, you know, you and I were in some way part of some of that. There were some big songs that I don't think we have. I'm asking, do you ever think that maybe right now we're not having some, like, as many of those just big copyrights no. that 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 trend that go over chart no. genres, we're not. Uh-uh. You know, Girl Crush was one of those songs. Yeah, luckily, and yeah. and some your Taylor songs were those songs. I mean, um, I still every time I play a show, I it amazes me that people are singing along, no matter what song. I, I quit doing Tim McGraw because I was like, people, but they know every word. Oh yeah, and and White Horse, but you belong with me. That's a every I, I think about where we were when we wrote it, how fast we wrote it, mm-hmm. and how I thought, oh, that's okay. And 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 but you know, she always heard the production and she had the whole plan. She probably saw the video in her head while we were writing. Yeah. That's she's she how was brilliant she I've never seen a maybe fifteen years old. Shocking how what a grasp she had on this business and how it works. Yeah, like, what am I doing here? Because now, when you, she's got it. Yeah, she knows what yeah. she's doing. Or like uh, David Preston said, she's been here before. Yeah. That's what he Absolutely. says. <laughs> um, David Preston is uh, executive at BMI. Um, what was your um, first session like with Taylor? How old was she? She was barely 14. Wow. I th- Did you, and y'all made a little connection yeah, yeah. She saw me play. Remember when um, RCA did the RLG Cafe? Yeah, over at the yeah. old nunnery over um, there. Leslie Roberts had been trying to get us together. And so Leslie had me play that RLG thing, and which I had never sung out. I'd never done a wow. rap. Wow. Never. Like the first time. Yeah. And I did, uh, I did, uh, I can't, I did Nothing Will that I wrote with Martin Armour. And I can't remember what else I did. But she came up to me and said, um, hi, I'm Taylor. Um, I love that song. Would you write with me sometime? And um, I was like, sure. And we 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 wrote uh, we wrote a song called Nevermind, and it was real pop. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember 
sitting there because I thought of myself as this lyricist, you know, I've been, you right. know, and, uh, I thought, wow, I don't, I don't, I don't really know what I'm doing here. I'm kind of, she kind of didn't need me. It was kind of, that was the feeling I got too. I told Amy after our first session, I'm like, I think we just record her. Yeah. And type the lyrics. Yeah, I, I, I scribbled stuff down and yeah. kept her. You said this, and this would be great. Yeah, and yeah, what if exactly. you say this? And yeah. What if we editing, turn editing? Yes, and that used to like really kind of go. What I'm a I'm editor, you know. But yeah. you know what? That was that's the role, and and I was really lucky to be there. Well, that and but see, was, that's was, a writer. That You're, experience was unbelievable. Yeah, and I'm I'm quite sure that you were not just an editor in that room because, and I'll tell you why. You guys had a standing appointment yeah. after that, right? Yeah. So y'all spent a lot of time together. She would not allot that amount of time unless there was a magic happening oh, yeah. between we, y'all. We did you guys have had a, a great thing. thing. We, yeah. The way things bounced off, yeah. it bounced back and forth. We we really had a great thing, and it yeah. was it was just always fun, you know. And mm-hmm. and we tell the story that. You know, Jody Williams told me I was spending too much time with her, and really, I might be wasting some time. And I said, "Well, you know, it's an hour and a half once a week. It's the funnest thing I do. There's just mm-hmm. nothing like sitting in a room with her and and watching her mind, right. her songwriter mind, go to work." And uh, I said, "I don't know what she's going to do, but she's going to do something." She had a magic you could not yeah. deny it. Yeah, that song we wrote, the the her. A and R at the time, I can't remember who, but the label kind of said. Was she still with Sony? Mm, No, because she she was Sony. She was at RCA, and I think what they they said was, "Could you? This is great. Could you get her to write something a little more country?" Right. And I, I, I said, I remember. I, I said, you can't. I'm I'm not going to get her to do anything that she doesn't want to do. She knows exactly who she is. Yeah. And it's just best just she's yeah. going to do what she's going to do. Well, it's not going to work. I mean, And I think that's why it worked. I didn't yeah. put her in a room and say, let me write you a song or teach you how to write a song. Uh, okay. You know, it was. She walked away from that label. The story I've heard is from her, I think. More is, development. Another they, development They wanted deal. another development deal with her. They wanted her to maybe consider some outside songs. And yeah. she and Andrea were like. Yeah. No, we're doing the Taylor Swift show and it goes like this. And yeah. it just left. <laughs> if you think about a 15-year-old walking out of that label because they were they were the big game. I mean, they were the big show that RCA, Galani and Renee, they were running the town. And that's kind of around the time that she really I mean, we were just writing, but I think that was also the time when she kind of said, "I'm just going to write with you for a while. We're just just this works." Yeah, it was just y'all for Yeah. For, for two or three records. Yeah. And um, I can remember writing, like, when we wrote Teardrops on My Guitar, she she was writing at Sony, and they wanted her to change. They wanted us to change Drew to you so it would be more universal, so that if right. she didn't get a deal, they could pitch it. And she was like, nah, respectfully, I think it's fine the way it is. I mean, she knew. I mean, yeah. she was never a no, I'm not doing that. But I don't think, I think we just said respectfully, we're going to leave it the way mm-hmm. it is. And, it, you know, that was a big deal that well, she started of, the name calling out yeah. the guys. And a lot of the songs that you were a part of her with did something that I think is a great example. Um, she's heading these songs right out of person uh-huh. in her life. 
right? Well, that makes them way more real. Yeah, and she was speaking to her generation. Right. She knew, and she knows now, you can't fool no. your peers. You can't no. fool these people. They they know. They know. So, um, you know, that's... She, she's brilliant. That was that was yeah. this amazing time. Well, that has got to be um, as a writer. I mean, I just don't. That, that's as good as it gets. You had the. You have a great relationship. You really hit it off. You're weekly walking into a room and just having it work. Yeah. And, I mean, writing songs that get sung all over the world. Yeah. I mean, that's still. still yeah. You know, because we crazy. went to her show this time. I didn't the get big to go stadium this time. show. Oh, it's, it's so sad. I'm telling you, best production I've ever seen anywhere, hands down. It was just massive. It was just incredible. But a lot of the songs that you wrote with her, she did in some in a medley. Yeah. But I mean, they did it kind of stripped down. Yeah. Acoustic on some, and then maybe just a little bass and drums. But man, everybody in the place is singing at the top yeah. of their lungs. Yeah. It would like it would give you chills. I, I was mean, so sad. I missed this one. It was it was an incredible, incredible show, and also seeing that show live, it just all clicked for me. Her last record, yeah. I think I I don't know. I never asked her, but I think it might have been designed for that live show because when you see the whole thing live, you're like, holy that's how smokes! She, that's how she. I've never seen. I've never known anybody like that. No. I've never known anybody that. Really, you talk about seeing the big picture. Oh, Lord. And she really does see the big picture. Yeah. And it's all about entertaining. Mm-hmm. It's all about getting to the heart of her fans and entertaining her fans and getting the fans what they want. It's like, this is what the fans would love. And right. this is who I owe. Because she she's a fan herself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. You know what I mean? And I think she identifies, it seems like. And then the other thing I think that's so great about her is uh, I thought, and I'm asking you because you know her way better than me, she seems like she always took the idea of being a role model serious. Well, you she, know, she, she said that from day one. As a parent, I just yeah. really appreciate that. At 14, she said, um, and I, you know, I haven't talked to her in, in quite some time, but but she has, I don't believe she's changed. And at 14, she said, I will never do anything to disappoint these people fans i right. i want them to be proud of me and i want right. to be a role model right and um i don't want to embarrass them or make them sorry that they believed in me yeah and you know what I and that want, was a 14 year old yes and you get i get in rooms to this day with young artists where i'm wondering if they don't realize that they could study this model mm-hmm. you know because i think she did yeah. I think she looked at people like Reba and Oh, of course. She looked at role models and 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 she looked at people that that probably didn't handle fame well and um she just made a choice that I don't want to do that. I don't want to embarrass or disappoint people that Right. She really, you know, she she always did the thing was make the the fans are more important than anything. Right. And she everything she does is about it's not fame, it's fans. Right. There's a huge difference That's there. Wow. That's right. That's it exactly. It's not yeah. she's not in it for fame, she's in it for the fans. And you know, if you watch Oprah Winfrey, you know, who went to work every day for 20 years and probably said in the morning, "What show can we make that would help the most people?" Yeah. Exactly. It's crazy. So, it's really counterintuitive that the things that service, you know, are Putting something positive in the world actually pays the most. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, crazy. <laughs> because she. You're right. It is not about fame. It's about fans, and it's not. Uh, that's not a, a slogan. Everything that she did was, she was putting herself in their position. Mm-hmm. Like, what would they like? Let's build. She kind of built herself with them. Yeah, and I think so much about it of teaching young songwriters is not young, new, new. You know, yeah. I didn't start till I was almost forty, but um, is originality and and stay true to yourself because uh i think that's what sets you apart it's all you have and this is is not trying to say it like everybody else is saying it but have the you know have the nerve and the bravery to say it the way you say it that's a great note i mean it's it's very easy when you're getting into this to try to emulate or just sound like everyone else or just stay in that one lane. But if a person does follow their own muse and their own, that's the one thing that's going to work. Absolutely. And that's the one thing no one else has. Yeah. 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 Because if you try to compete with these guys over here doing this thing, well, they're, they're really good. It. They're already doing it yeah. and they're actually really good at it. Especially yeah. if you're trying to get in on their deal and you don't even like it. That's the one that that's a terrible thing to do. I think you have to do your own thing or that's the only way it will ever work. Well, it comes through it. It eventually and it does. It does. If you stick with it. And I think another thing you said that's important is that people know. Yeah. You know, back in the day, I'm asking it seemed like the executives in town and just the basic business people had a little bit of this idea that, well, sure, uh, we love Lucinda Williams because she's amazing. But, you know, the people don't like that kind of stuff. They like this safe, boring, easy things, you know. Yeah. And, and back in the day, I would think, I don't know if that's true. And yeah. I'm, and I think mm-hmm. now with Spotify, I think it's you can see that actually people love great music. Yeah, they do. They do. And the, and like you said earlier, you, you you can't fool them. No, and and everybody it's everybody likes their own kind of music. Yeah. And that's you know that's the great thing about, uh, you know the streaming companies that they are putting music out there that people would never find. Yeah. When we were younger, you, you they kind of wanted you to pick a lane. Well, and you found stuff, you know, from somebody's records, you know, yeah. an older brother's yep. record. Yep. I mean, I know that's, that's right. how I found a lot of stuff. And um, now, what did you like as a teenager? What were you a, were you a country fan at that point, or were you uh, more pop? Or I, as a teenager, loved Linda Ronstadt. Yeah. You know, James Taylor, James Taylor, Jackson Brown, Jackson Brown. I'm a huge Jackson Brown fan. Bonnie Raitt. But I also loved, you know, Jethro Tull and oh, okay. James Gang. And I, I, I just liked music. Yeah. I, yeah I so you kind of liked a wide, you know, variety. I love the birds. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and while, as you say it, you know, you're picture, I'm picturing records. You know, I love Led Zeppelin. Yeah. yeah. I loved Elvis Costello. I loved Elvis Costello. But too. that was probably something my brother turned me on to. Right. You know, um, uh, but I just think of, of all those records that, you know, but I, I was a huge um, Earl Thomas Conley fan. I was a okay. huge uh, uh, Gary Stewart fan. Huge Gary Stewart fan. Okay. And that um, was more. Tammy Wynette. You well, know. that's traditional, but the other was a little more pop country, right? A crossover country yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, I liked uh, John Anderson. I was more of a rock kid, yeah. But I loved that song "Swinging." I remember oh, yeah. that. I just loved that. 
I was a huge Willie fan. Loved, and that was Red my Headed other one. Stranger. Redheaded Stranger record. Yeah. Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain. But see, my brother had all the old Willie stuff. He was a huge, okay, so you know, when Willie was wearing when a, he was here. a coat and tie and short hair and playing, you know. And you're a Texan. I am. I'm a Texan also. You are? Where are you yeah, from? Yeah, Dallas. Garland. Really? I'm I saw from, from I saw it in your bio and I was like, I did not know that. Can you believe that? That's yeah. Crazy. I went to North Garland High School with Brett Beavers that and is, Jim Beavers. That is so crazy. Isn't that crazy? So we grew up kind of in the same we world. We did. Do you get involved with Texas music scene at all? Oh yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. A lot. I in fact I um they uh inducted me into the Texas Heritage Songwriter Hall of Fame last year. Oh, fantastic. Was, which they didn't was crazy. Kick you, they didn't kick you out for writing with Taylor Swift? No, they love Taylor. And, you know, she did the coolest thing. Um, she did a video for me. Oh, fantastic. And and I had no idea. Wow. Um, and Lori and Hillary came, and uh, they did, the, and Taylor did a video. Congratulate. It was so cool. Liz Rose, thank you so much for thank being you. on Pitch List. This was really fun. We thank could have done for, this all day. We, yeah, we could definitely talk all day. We'll, we'll do a part two sometime. Okay. Thank thanks. you so much. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pitch List. I'd also like to thank all of you listening for all of your emails, tweets, and messages. Please let us know what you like about the show or how we could make it better. Head over to our Facebook page, Pitch List Podcast, or go to pitchlistpodcast.com. Thanks again, and if you want, you can leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps us spread the word. See you next time on Pitch List. Pitch List.